0: Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> I am doing very fantastic considering that I've just finished a three-day Dare to Lead training with some members of the Air Force. It's been awesome to work with them and walk them through this incredible work by Brene Brown. So that's been a lot of fun. And I wanted to come in here and talk with you all about rising up And what that means. Because I think about this a lot and I have probably for the last six months and this concept of rising up is really important. So I have this good friend of mine who is always early. She's always early. And she made a decision a long time ago and she's a mom, but she made a decision a long time ago, like when she was a teenager to be early. And it came from growing up with an obstacle of her family being late. And that was pretty anxiety provoking for her. So as an adult, she made a decision that she was going to get places early, usually about 10 minutes. And now many of you may be going, oh, but of course her life must be easy or built that way. She has three young kids, right? We don't need to get into comparative suffering, like who has it worse. It's just become something that's a real big, a priority to her because the discomfort of being late was worse than finding ways to get there early. So she's a busy person, mom of three young kids, working professional, and like the rest of us, you know, can be quote, struggling to do it all. And here we are on how she really does it. And yet arriving early is really important to her. And there's a difference when she's arriving with her kids, <laughs> right? Because when sometimes we're arriving with their kids, they have a different agenda than we do or when she's arriving by herself. But so recently we had met at for coffee and of course she was there because she likes to get there early. You know, for her, 10 minutes early is on time. So, when I was thinking about her and I was thinking about this podcast, I was thinking about how knowing that she's a person that gets there early, how I rise up to meet her because I'm not like, oh, well, maybe she'll be late and that's okay. And I can get one more thing done because, you know, I like to be productive and get that one more thing when I know, no, she will be on time. And I want to honor the commitments that I have to others. So, she helps me be a better person in the sense that I get to honor commitments of how I want to operate in the world and how I want to show up for my friend. I don't show up 10 minutes early, but if we say we're going to meet at 7 a.m., you better believe I'm there at 7 a.m. And then being a swim coach on top of that, <laughs> it's 7 a.m., like 7.02 is late. I'm not saying that to be for you, but two minutes, you can swim a 200 butterfly in, <laughs> or there was a time that I could, not anymore which would be eight laps of fly for you non-swimmers. So one of the things that when we think about rising up is rise up, let's rise up together. Instead of drag each other down, let's rise up together. My friend helps me be better and she doesn't do it by judging me. Like there's no judgment. If I were to come 10 minutes late, it's not about she trying to control me. It's about her showing up as her best self, but I want to meet that. And if I'm late, she won't judge me. But do I want to rise up to meet her? Absolutely. And the beauty is that there's not any brain drama of my brain of, is she going to be on time? Is she going to be late? Can I squeeze one more thing? I'm like, no, I know this is going to happen at this time and I'm going to show up. And we can both give each other grace because we don't have to do it perfectly. So (laughs) I used to be, instead of this whole concept of rising up, I have a client who shared this a while ago and I love this metaphor. (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh, if we could just have this image. But she, one of my clients was like, Corinne, I feel like I'm dragging a dead cow across the desert. And I was like, we need to stop that. I used to do that with so many people in my life. So instead of them rising up to meet me, I'd be dragging these dead cows across the desert. Cause so I was like, if I don't do it, it's not going to get done and they won't be with me. Stop dragging dead cows across the desert, right? And. I've been able to overcome that. Now, it's not a one and done. It really, to be able to surround myself in an environment and cultivate relationships with people who I rise up with and who rise up with me, it has been letting go over time, letting go of that dead cow over time and trusting that either the dead cow will gain life, (laughs) stick with me on this, or I'll find others who are more aligned with me. And then there's that letting go. And I've talked about that here. So the lessons I've learned over time to be able to trust the space to cultivate the rising up process, I'm going to go over them today. The first one is we teach people how to treat us. When you have a friend who is late, it's okay. If you're okay with them being late, that's not a problem. It's a problem when you may be fuming on the inside and saying it's okay when it's really not okay. So, when you have friends that are late, what's really your truth, and are you sharing it? Are you asking for what you want, or are you not and One of the things that I've had to learn how to do not so much with time I've worked on that one over the last ten years, but now, with face masks, you know, and walking with friends and and I recently walked with a new friend, and I realized, oh my gosh, she doesn't know that i walk with a face mask. And so I had to ask for what I wanted of, would she be willing to walk with a face mask? We'd agreed about the time, about the place. The face mask was like the new thing. And she goes, absolutely. I wear a face mask too. Great. That became off the table. So this is what, March of 2021, back in July, I didn't have the Capacity, the experience to ask for that. So I would just opt out. I was like, oh, I have friends that are going to walk without face masks. I'm not comfortable. I didn't have the skill set then to ask. I thought, oh, you're being kind of ridiculous, Corinne. This is kind of too much. Just don't say anything. Don't be uncomfortable. Don't be vulnerable. Right. And so what I had to do over time was have that courage to ask for what I wanted. So the first thing I had to do is overcome. And understand that we teach people how to treat us and overcome the vulnerability of asking for what I want. The next one is about boundaries. Boundaries, it's not a, it's my way or the highway. It's about getting clear with yourself of what's okay and what's not okay. So, an example of that would be this is a new arena that I've been realizing in boundaries is, you know, we'll set up a time to meet with friends to go on a walk. And I start to notice I get really anxious because I'm like, okay, how long can they walk for? How long do they want to walk for? It's not clear. And we're kind of going, and then I'm like, oh no, are they going to be upset? Because we walked more further than they wanted to or longer than they wanted to, but it hasn't been clear. So like one of the things for me is to be able to say, okay, how long do you want to walk for? (laughs) Right? Especially when you're kind of roaming and rambling through the green belts of Davis, because that's my current life right now. How long do you want to walk for? What is the constraints that you have in your life? What is the availability you have on your life to go and walk? Because right now on the weekends, except for this coming weekend, I tend to have a lot of wide open space. So I can walk for quite a bit of time. And I really enjoy it for because that's how I'm doing my social stuff right now. So that's an example. Another thing that's really important when it comes to boundaries is you must believe you are worthy to have boundaries. Because if you don't believe you're worthy to have boundaries or it's not something that's okay for you, then it's going to be a lot harder to ask for the boundaries that you want, right? And that's what was happening with me about like, oh, you're being ridiculous about asking for face masks back in July where now I don't have a problem with it. It's something that I, I believe is important and that's the conditions on how I'm willing to walk at this point. Who knows where we'll be in three months. So boundaries are not dictatorial. They are an opportunity and people have the option to opt out. So if I have friends who are like, no, I don't like to wear a mask. You know, it's uncomfortable. I have a hard time with it. That's fine. I can love you. I can like you as a friend and we cannot walk together. So that is fine and we can figure out other ways. Maybe it's having a zoom coffee date, right? Maybe it's talking on the phone. Maybe it's saying, Hey, once we get through this and on the other side of it, we'll do it to get back together in a different way. And that's okay. When we don't need to have judgment in other people's boundaries, what we need to do is be able to have the perspective of this is what this person needs. And this is what I need. And how do they mesh in the middle or not? Now, One of the things that comes up is sometimes people think, okay, boundaries are dictatorial. Either I can be nice and not have boundaries or I have boundaries and I'm dictatorial. It's not an either or. Boundaries are actually in between, right? Compassionate people have boundaries. Compassion has boundaries. Compassionate people don't get walked all over, right? Here's what's okay. Here's what's not okay. I love, and I've used this probably 3,000 times now since COVID started, but Brene Brown has the phrase, clear is kind. And oftentimes I would tell myself that clear is kind as I was establishing boundaries. Like The more that I can be clear about what's okay and what's not okay with me, what am I comfortable with and what am I not, the more I have my own back. And that's so important versus when I was an approval whore and I would be like, okay, I'm going to discount what I need to feel safe or to be comfortable. And I'm just going to accept what you want. And that didn't feel good. And at some point there would be, you know, I'd be nice, nice, nice. And then I would get really, really grumpy. And then I'd have the story of, oh, people are taking advantage of me, but it was never clear about what was okay and what wasn't okay for me. And then the third thing is we teach people how to treat us and asking for what we want, it's being vulnerable to ask for what you want. And going back to last July, I wasn't willing to be vulnerable. I didn't really know, like, was this ridiculous to wear a mask? It wasn't like, I mean, I think back in July, masks were a newer thing, right? It was kind of uncomfortable. People had their different opinions about masks. I wasn't clear. And I also didn't really have any more decision-making capacity in my brain. I was making so many decisions in a day that I was pretty beat. I had tons of decision fatigue. And for me, it was easier just to pull out of walking with friends than to be a part of it and ask them, hey, is it possible? What are your thoughts about wearing a mask when we walk, when we gather and we walk? but I didn't have that in me and that's okay. I don't beat myself up. And then as I was able to take more care of myself, get rested, you know, get certain new processes down in this new world that we're living in. And then a friend asked to walk with me and I said, look, I would love to walk with you. And here's the thing. If I can only walk with people who will wear a mask, is that something you're willing to do? And if you're not, that's okay too. I just can't walk with you. And we've been walking since then and she wears a mask. So, but I had to be willing to be vulnerable and really ask for what I wanted. And vulnerability is uncertainty, emotional exposure, and risk. And so often what we do is like, well, we're like, well, if they really care about me, they're going to know what I want, right? Or we have these scripts for people. It's like, well, if they're a really good friend, they would do X, Y, and Z. And they don't even know that we're rumbling with these stories in our head, And we're sitting here judging them and evaluating them, but we haven't even shared with them and put out forward what's important to us. And that's why it's so important to have dialogue and communication and to be able to talk through things and go through the discomfort. The more that we can communicate with each other. And stay out of judgment, the more connection that we can have in our lives. And I don't mean like having 5,000 Facebook friends. I don't think that's a whole lot of connection, but the connection that we're hungry for, right? To be able to be seen, to be accepted, to be connected, and know that we have people who are a part of our lives and who walk with us through our lives. So the lessons that I've had to learn to overcome. To be able to trust this space to cultivate rising up relationships is I realized that we teach people how to treat us. So how was I showing up in my life? What was I doing to teach people how to treat me? What was okay? What was not? Was I clear about what my boundaries are? Was I clear about what's okay? What's not okay? People don't right now come into my house. That's not Okay. Maybe in your house, you allow it, like right throughout the United States, it's very different throughout the world. It's very different. I have clients in Australia. It's amazing, like totally different world than where I live in the United States. There's not a right or wrong. It goes to what do you need so that you can show up and thrive in your life, right? So my invitation for you is let's rise up together. We're not going to be beating ourselves down. We've done enough of that. Let's rise up. Let's cultivate relationships with others where they treat you the way you desire to be treated. Cultivate a relationship with yourself where you treat you the way you want to be treated. It really is possible. And there was a time in my life I didn't think it was. I thought it was just for the special people, not for people like me, but it's possible for all of us. It does take trust right? Because you've got to let go of the dead cow that you're dragging across the desert and go, okay, this is taking up my time. And if I let go of this and I have this white space, will something better show up? And there's that saying, if not this, then something better, right? So look for what you want instead of spending energy on a dead cow. Because when you look for what you want, you can start cultivating it and tending it and building from it and creating the relationships in the life that you want. All right. I'm smelling big for you, my friend. Let's rise up. Are you ready to enjoy your life without Netflix being your only source of happiness? Then join Grounded Confidence today where you will get clear on what you want Without all the anxiety and insecurity and doubt that normally cloud your vision. Stop faking social situations or clinging on to relationships that you know are holding you back. Or maybe you wanna set boundaries with people in your life and start getting your needs met without a lot of drama. Join grounded confidence to create these and many more changes in your life. On a lake. She is dreaming. She is drifting. Never been so wide awake. Captured